all you beautiful people and welcome to the Glorious in the Mundane podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles. Happy December to you and happy almost end of one of the weirdest, but definitely most memorable years ever. I hope that this Christmas season will bring with it a great measure of hope and that maybe some of the stripping away of life as we know it has prepared the way for us to experience maybe one of the sweetest Christmases ever. Who knows? That's what I'm hoping for anyway. And speaking of Christmas, our family would normally be on a bus right about now. All three kids and our band and probably my dog, George, and we'd be headed to churches and venues across the country to share these Christmas songs that we love so much, all with the heart to bring the hope of Jesus in this season. But instead, we are having to make the best of it this year and just get creative with ways that we can still share the music and the hope of Jesus this time of year. So we are bringing our home to yours this year with a family Christmas special. We spent many hours this week recording the music portion in our little den here in Franklin, Tennessee. We had our violin, cello, guitar playing friend Gideon Klein join us in front of the fireplace, along with Noah, our son, on the acoustic. The girls will be featured at some point as well. And we recorded some of our favorites from the Thrill of Hope album. We also welcomed our precious friend, John Reddick, for a couple of songs. If you've watched or attended the If Gathering, You might know John's face and voice when you see him. He wrote one of my favorite worship songs ever called You Keep Hope Alive. And he's also going to share a beautiful new Christmas song with us called A Child Has Come. Later in the night, we're going to have some carols by candlelight. We thought maybe there's a chance that COVID might be keeping many of you from being able to attend your beloved Christmas Eve services. So we created a candlelight worshipful moment towards the end that I hope will be incredibly meaningful to you and your family. I'm also going to read from my new book called The Life You Long For, Learning to Live from a Heart of Rest, and I'm incredibly excited to get to share that with you. We had so much fun recording this, and I mean that. We truly enjoyed it, and I really prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to help us break through the barrier of cameras and computers and to truly connect us as His people in this moment in history. This family Christmas special premieres December 18th, but here's what I love. It will be available through January 1st, 2021. So you can purchase this experience for just $15, and then you can decide when it's best to gather your family around it and watch it. You can even watch it multiple times once you've bought a ticket, which is really nice. We have several amazing bundles that I want to tell you about because it might be that you want to gift this to yourself, but also maybe you want to gift this to someone else this Christmas. My favorite bundle is the book and ticket bundle for just $35. This gets you a ticket to the event, which you can again view from December 18th through the end of the year, plus an autographed copy of my new book, and it will be shipped to you the week of February 16th when the book releases. We also have a podcast merchandise bundle that gets you a ticket to the event. Both of our Christmas CDs are going to be in that bundle a Hey All You Beautiful People sweatshirt, and our very popular Glorious in the Mundane mug. So you can go to christyknuckles.com to check out all of these things, these awesome bundles, and get a ticket to this event. We truly hope you'll join us. Well, this is our last month in Psalm 119 together. Today, we're going to read two of the four remaining passages together, as well as look at two of the four remaining Hebrew letters. I vividly remember back in March, squirming around in my chair, if I should take the plunge 
and make this year's theme Psalm 119. I know I've said this before, but I was afraid of it. It's intimidating, not just because it's the longest chapter in the Bible, but because it's a complex text. I told you it was like learning a song that is just hard to sing. Songs can be a challenge sometimes, even when we write. It takes practice and endurance to let a song just get inside of you so that you can deliver it with conviction. I think Psalm 119 is one of those for us as the people of God. But looking back, I'm glad that we all took the plunge together because God has been so faithful to show up at every turn and to make His Word come alive. I hope that you've found that to be true. And I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed learning about the Hebrew letters almost just as much as studying this passage. I was reading this morning in Colossians 2, where Paul is praying for the believers that their hearts would be encouraged, even knit together in love. He says, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It made me think of Psalm 119 in these letters. So many hidden treasures of Christ that we'll never fully know this side of heaven, but it keeps us pining for these treasures and mysteries, and I love it. Today, our Hebrew letters are the letters Kuf and Resh. For the letter Kuf, the ancient Hebrew pictograph looks like a circle with a horizontal line running right through the middle of it. It actually looks sort of like a sunrise on the horizon. I could be wrong, but it seemed that in my study of this letter in particular, that it had the most meanings of any that we've encountered so far. It can mean to divide, which that's easy to visualize with that sun on the horizon. It can also have to do with the concept of time. Again, it's easy to make the connection with the sun here because anytime you're dealing with the sun, you're dealing with the concept of time. This is just my own opinion after studying this letter a little bit, but I believe it has to do with an appointed time. Jesus very much divided time, didn't he? Even when we just look at B.C. and A.D., his birth, his death, as well as his resurrection and his ascension, very much established a new dawn in history. He divided time. Another interesting feature of this letter, you might remember that the letter Lamed was the only letter that was written above the line. Well, in turn, the letter Kuf is the only letter in the Hebrew alphabet that is written below the line. Interestingly, the root word for kuf is the word karev, and it essentially means to come close. The letter kuf also has to do with holiness. In fact, I read that in ancient Hebrew days, there were certain pieces of pottery that were set apart for holy use. Some of that had to do with ceremonial washings and all the rules that they had about cleanliness. But these pots would have had the letter kuf engraved in them so that it was known that that vessel was set apart for holy use. So there's two really beautiful pictures here. Actually, there's way more than that, but I'm just going to focus on these two. The first one is that we are called to be holy, to be those vessels that are set apart. We're not like every other dish in the cupboard. We're called to be separate, different, and surrendered to God. 1 Peter 1.16 says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy because I am holy. 
So that's the first picture here. We are called to be set apart. It's so good to remember that, isn't it? There's another picture here as it pertains to kuf and holiness, and it's very fitting for Christmas as it has to do with holiness coming down at an appointed time. Jesus Christ, who is Emmanuel God with us, He came close at the appointed time. In Jewish tradition, they say that this is symbolized literally by the letter kuf reaching down below the line. Jesus in all of His perfection and holiness descended down into what is common and unholy. In fact, God reached down when Jesus came down. Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. So by Jesus drawing near, coming to earth as a babe, so did the God of the universe draw near. This is what we rejoice about at Christmas time. The light of the world came down into our darkness to deliver us from this darkness and bring us into His kingdom of light. That's Colossians 1.13. Another really important meaning or facet, I should say, of this amazing letter is that it has to do with the voice. In particular, it has to do with crying out. It's associated with Isaiah 43, which again, so beautifully ties to Christmas. You might recognize this passage if you know Handel's Messiah. It's one of my favorites to listen to at Christmas time. Isaiah 43 says, A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We'll actually hear in just a minute how the voice crying out ties into this text of Psalm 119, and maybe even with just what I believe the Lord wants to say to us today. Our other Hebrew letter in this portion of the acrostic is the letter Resh. Resh is a little bit more straightforward. It means head, first, top, chief, or beginning. The pictograph of this letter is clearly the head of a man. According to Jewish tradition, Resh is over and over connected with wisdom. The Word of God over and over tells us how important it is to seek wisdom. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow His precepts have good understanding. To Him belongs eternal praise. Then there's Proverbs 3.13-18. It says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she, wisdom is the she here, she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Another scripture where we can learn about wisdom and how to chase after it is James 1.5. I love this. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. <laughs> That's pretty straight up, isn't it? If we lack wisdom, we should just ask for it. We should cry out for it. I love that. I do know this. These letters are pointing us for such a time as this to be reminded that we are called to be set apart, and living set apart prepares the way for wisdom in our lives. 
Again, there's an order here because God is a God of order. We say it so many times on this podcast. When we live set apart, different than the world lives, it sets us up to be able to receive and even strive for that wisdom, ask for it, cry out for it. With that said, I'm going to read our two portions of Psalm 119 today, starting with verses 145 through 152. Remember, this first portion of our passage is connected with the letter kuf, and its meaning is the voice crying out, or one of its meanings, and it also has to do with an appointed time. So listen for how many times the psalmist speaks of his voice crying out to God. With my whole heart, I cry, answer me, O Lord, I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me, that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love. O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. What a beautiful invitation for us to lift our voice to God in these days, to find hope in His words, to meditate on His promise. We have what we need in these days. And I love being reminded of that right now through Psalm 119. I'm immediately struck with this thought, there is wisdom in crying out. Psalm 107.19 says, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. Psalm 34.17 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. I wonder if you're weary and you're tired right now. Maybe even you don't even know how to articulate what all is stirring in you right now. Maybe you've got all this anxiety and angst and you haven't taken that time to just voice it to the Lord, what a beautiful reminder, beloved, that you have a God who hears you. The psalmist sets the tone for us here as he says, with my whole heart I cry, answer me, Lord. I will keep your statutes. I can't help but think about those set-apart vessels marked with the letter Kuf. There's a certain confidence that comes when we've consecrated our hearts and our lives to the Lord. There comes a boldness in crying out to Him. I look at it like we are giving the Lord special permission for Him to work in our lives when we commit ourselves to Him completely. And I also believe that He then gives us permission, like the psalmist here, to cry out the words, answer me, Lord. That might sound a bit demanding to some of us, but I love to look at it like a holy confidence that comes from being solely His. Verse 147 and 148 show both the psalmist's predicament, but his persistence. Verse 147 says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. His predicament is probably that he had actual enemies pursuing him in the night. He could not sleep. He says it in verse 150. He says, they draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. 
We also know from other places in the Psalms that evildoers were often hot on David's trail. Saul himself was pursuing David for much of the Psalms when he was hiding in caves and writing these very songs we're learning to sing. But I believe that David's predicament developed in him a growing persistence in crying out to the Lord. He knew where to take his troubles. Beloved, I wonder if you have a current predicament. I mean, we all collectively have a current predicament with just the world we're living in right now, but I wonder, are you allowing it to grow a persistence in you and crying out to the Lord and even having the holy confidence to say, answer me, Lord, I will keep your statutes. More on that in a little bit, because ultimately, this made me wonder for myself this week, and I find myself getting just a little bit weepy with it. God, what is my cry this Christmas? Before I read on, I felt a little nudge to go back to the first few episodes of Psalm 119, so that as we approach the end, we're really going back to the beginning, which much of God's kingdom and economy follows that same pattern, doesn't it? The way forward is often the way back. If you'll remember, the commentary that I started reading from the beginning was by Christopher Ashe, and he gave us some excellent framework for this entire chapter. He pointed out that all throughout Psalm 119, we encounter what he likes to call word words. I bring that up because this next section of this psalm is going to be full of them. We're going to run into the words law, testimony, precepts, statutes, commands, rules, truth, and promise. Let's go through these word words again because I really do think that it will change our perspective on this section of the psalm if we unpack them again together. The word law simply means instruction. This is important because I think that we can quickly associate the word law with something restrictive and negative, whereas instruction brings wisdom, right? It can broaden our horizon and open up our world. So His law is His instruction, but think about it, a holy God giving us His instruction. We have the greatest professor of all time telling us exactly how to be His people and live in His promises. The word testimonies, it carries the idea that it bears witness to the faithfulness of the Lord. The word precepts means words that are appointed and charged by someone with authority, in this case, the Lord Almighty. Statutes emphasizes the binding force or permanence that comes with what is being spoken. So we can be assured it has permanence. It's a binding force for us. Then there's the word rules. But before we get a bad attitude, (laughs) it has to do with our God being our righteous judge. I can't help but start singing in my head the song that I wrote several years ago called A Mighty Fortress. It says, Our God is the only righteous judge, ruling over us with kindness and wisdom. It's both and with God, isn't it? He is our judge, yes, but is He full of kindness and wisdom? Yes. And His rules are full of kindness and wisdom. They're for our protection, so that we can flourish into the people that He's created us to be, set apart and full of wisdom. Then there's the word promise. It simply means something spoken, but obviously it changes everything when it's something spoken 
by God. And the last word is commands or commandments, and it has to do with the authority of the Lord to give orders and then expect them to be obeyed. He has that authority. We see very clearly early on in Scripture that getting to live in the promises of God has everything to do with keeping His commandments. But because we are in Christ, there's a big both and here for us. Christopher Ashe says this, the strap line of the covenant is, you will be my people and I will be your God. That's the goal. It is the relationship created and established by the Lord with his people through redemption out of slavery in Egypt. For us, it's out of sin, right? We've been delivered from it. Because this covenant, he goes on to say, is created and established by the Lord through redemption. This means, and he says that this is the most significant breakthrough in enabling him to sing this psalm, that all the eight word words are two directional words whose first direction is grace. You probably remember me saying that early on in the podcast, that it's only under grace that the Lord calls us to walk in the way of His Word. And the first direction of these word words are grace. He later says that these words create and sustain relationship. And you might remember that he said, we can never separate the statutes from the Savior, nor can we cut off the commandments from Christ. What good news. <laughs> Second Corinthians 1.20 says, for all the promises of God find their yes in Christ Jesus. So as I read this next section, let's remember together the fullness of God's covenant promise to us as His people, that these are not restrictive, negative, boxing in and snuffing out rules and restrictions, but they are ultimately for our freedom, and we get to experience them in Christ. They are for our protection and for us to grow into the fullness of who He's made us to be, and of course, to remember the fullness of Jesus who made walking in the way of the Lord even possible for us. This is Psalm 119, 153 through 160. Look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and remember me. Give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not see your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Lord. Give me life according to your rules. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your testimonies. I look at the faithless with disgust because they do not keep your commands. Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth. And truth in the original language here means firmness and faithfulness. I love that. I love that we can say here that the sum of his word is firmness and faithfulness. And we even see the words reliability and sureness when we look into that word truth. The psalmist ends by saying, every one of your righteous rules endures forever. In other words, the decisions that our God makes over us because He is our righteous judge, they are right, they are righteous, and they endure forever. Beloved, we stand and gain so much when we look to God and His Word and when we cry out to Him. And this is what I believe that the Lord wants us to hear from Him today. Our Hebrew letters showed us. It's this pattern when we read them right to left, the way they're supposed to be read, looking to God today and crying out to Him with our voice. 
is the beginning of wisdom, instruction, promise, and truth coming alive in us all over again today. I took this quite literally this week, asking the Lord, what is my cry this Christmas? The beautiful thing is that I believe it will be different for all of us because ultimately He has created and is sustaining a relationship with each of us, isn't He? It's personal. He cares for us. He cares for you. I wrote down a few things that I'm longing for and crying out for in these days. I'm crying out for laser focus right now that I'll know exactly what I'm to spend my time doing because time is a precious commodity. We've got all three kids home right now. They're still in the nest. But Noah, he's actually moving out right after Christmas. He's 20. It's time. But I'm just holding like this sacred space of time this Christmas and realizing it's such a precious commodity. And I do believe that you and I are living in a very important appointed time. I just have a sense that I'm not to waste time in these days. That's not to say that we cannot rest or I can't rest. I just believe that we can still have this posture of rest, but not be foolish with the hours and the days that we've been given. My mind has a tendency to wonder and to take on too much about the days and the weeks to come. So I'm just asking Him to give me focus like a laser beam so that I can be intentionally present in these days. I'm also crying out for boldness in these days to continue to uphold the Word of God in a post-truth age. Again, I'm taking the psalmist's cue here. This is what he's doing for us. He's crying out and assuring us that God's Word is the way. That's going to have to look like me personally continuing to snap out of it day by day to remember what is true and to choose to walk in the truth myself so that I can help point others in the way of the Word. I think it was only two podcasts in in Psalm 119 when I came across, maybe it was Christopher Ash who said, the Word in the heart keeps us walking in the way. I love that. The Word in the heart keeps us walking in the way, keeps us snapping out of it to live in what's true. And last, I have a cry in me that wants the boldness to keep sharing the gospel in these days. I believe that people are still receptive to the gospel. It may not seem like it, but I believe maybe now more than ever, people are crying out to God. I've been reading about it. It's happening all over the world. People are asking Him right now, if you are real, God, show up. Show me that you're real. And think about it. What if you and I encountered someone who had just prayed that prayer, and we got to be a part of God showing up in that person's life right there on the spot? How amazing. I want to be a part of God showing up in someone's life. What is your cry this Christmas? I wonder if you might take some time this week to sit down before the Lord and write it down. Just articulate to Him what the cry of your heart is in this season. Call out to Him. Let Him hear your voice. He does hear you. And then take it one step further. Imagine yourself, beloved, as a clay vessel in the hands of God, one that He Himself has formed. But you're not like every other piece of pottery on the shelf. You are marked with the letter Kuf. You are set apart for Him. What a gift that you can give God this Christmas. Yourself, marked by Him, 
for Him to be used as a vessel that can be filled by Him and then poured out in such a way that the weary world right around you this Christmas might rejoice in the hope who is Jesus. You are so loved.